Hey, this is Mark Cuban. Thanks for watching me on Real Life Street Stars. Do yourself a favor. If you want to be rich, hit that subscribe button. Real life street stars. Let's start clapping right now. <laughs> we got a legend in the building. Dallas in the the whole Dallas. Mark Cuban, what's going on, brother? Yeah, uh, just another damn paradise. I know. You. Tell us about it. Tell us about it, man. Uh, you kind of like Batman. You know, we are. Everybody knows your origin story. You know, so uh, what we want to do is we want to do something a little bit different. You know, first off, uh. How we got to speak with you today is through Arlen Hamilton, somebody that's very close to us. We grew shout up with Arlen, um, yeah. Shout out Arlen for sure. Um, how did y'all come into contact? Um, South by Southwest a few years ago, right before the pandemic, um, we were on a panel together and we just started talking and I was impressed. And so, you know, like everybody I'm impressed with, I gave her $5 million to invest. Oh, man. Man. That's impressive. Five L's. That's an impressive. Which shit. says a lot about y'all right here. <laughs> All right. Follow some of that through here. <laughs> so, how do you know? Like, is it a gut feeling when you like when you're investing in somebody to say, "I think they can do it," or like? Yeah, I mean, I can tell. I've done. I've done this so many times that um, different people have different qualities. You know, the fight they've been through, but you know. And, and really, it's not just the fight, but it's how little they talk about the fight. You know, I have a rule that the longer the backstory, the worse the investment. So there are, there's a lot of people who have been through a lot of challenges and a lot of difficulties, and they want to tell you about it, right? And they, that's all they want to talk about. Whereas with Arlen, you know, I got a glimpse of her backstory, but she started talking about the company she's investing and why. Yeah. And, you know, she knew what she was doing. And more importantly, she was able to give me access to entrepreneurs that I couldn't get access to on my own. And that really was the clincher. And as a as a billionaire. That's a nice word to say, isn't it? We we, we haven't said it on this platform before. As a billionaire, when you walk into a room such as this or just any business, what do you assess first? Nothing. I just I don't walk in as a billionaire. I mean, my wallet doesn't define me. I just look to see if people are cool. Everybody's chill. And it's just, you know, a good spot to be in. So you don't look to like walking and building this, buy it, like, okay, I'm gonna buy this. <laughs> I mean, if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, man. I, I'm just chill like anybody else. That's what's up. Now, I actually worked for the Mavericks as a beer tender at the bottom at, uh, for, for a couple of years. And um, I was at the game where Corona, where the pandemic kind of hit and we got shut down in the March, middle of the third it, quarter. March 11th, March yes, 11th. I was there. And oh, I, re I remember that game, man. And yes. I remember looking at the bartenders and we looked at each other like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like everybody was real like confused, scared. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, we all were. Um, take us through that time period for you because, you know, for me, I work at every stadium, right? So I just never could envision a day where I couldn't get money at a sports venue. Right. Um, so that kind of threw us off. Explain like for you what that was like. I mean, I was sitting there and that, I mean, everybody's seen that video, it seems like, right? Where my jaw just falls, right? Because our PR person came over and showed me his phone and basically it was just like seasons postponed, canceled, right? I mean, it was insane. And we were playing a game right there at the same time. And that game was so insane because we were beating the Nuggets and it was... Yes. 
it, it was Boban's best game ever. And he's like the crowd's favorite, man. Yeah, they love him. everybody was going nuts. Boban was draining threes. He was dunking. Crazy. I mean, you know, it, it was just the wildest thing ever. So on one hand, we're going wild because it's like, what's going on with this virus thing? Because we don't really understand. And on the other hand, we're trying to be supportive of Boban and watching <laughs> him go off. And so it was a weird, weird night. And then, you know, once the word got out, you know, doing interviews and trying to decide just as the the CEO, you know, what I do next. Right. And you actually stepped in and was actually providing uh, I forgot what you did for the employees. Um, or I kept on paying them. Yes, you yeah. kept paying them. Yeah. Was that a decision that you immediately said, I have to make this right by the families and by the people? Yeah, because that's where being the billionaire pays off, right? Because I, yeah. I could, you know, it, helping them and trying to take some of their stress away was going to be more rewarding to me than, you know, whatever that amount of money was. And I don't even know how much it was. Um it's oh, just, no. <laughs> you didn't get the <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't yeah. get to check the receipts on yeah, that, that one. Ugly, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just the right thing to do. And, and usually when you do the right thing, it, you know, it kind of makes you feel good. makes me feel good. And, you know, it helps the people you're trying to help. Yeah. It always seems like, man, you're always on the forefront of being, you know, just next level creative. And you, you definitely seem like um, you're for the people. Uh-huh. Um You know, we see artists like um, Yellow Beezy and some of the local artists yeah. do direct you know, uh, deals with the Mavericks. Yeah. Um, how do you go about picking who you work with locally? Usually it's DJ Ivy, right? It used to be uh, I got into it, like I'd be in a Jarrell video and I've talked to VZ. Right, right, right. right? You know, um, but yeah, usually it's um, Ivy because, you know, that's our drill, right? You know, she knows the stuff. She's a lot more in tune with culture and music. I mean, you know, believe it or not, I used to DJ, but and I would know every song, every I could mix, I could do a whole. This is like when it was like real turntables. Um, but now, you know, I just don't have the time to deal with all of you. I mean, I'd go through the Billboard chart, you name it all, I did. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Ivy's got it down, um, and so I, I let her run that. Now, uh, you know, we know that basketball, football, pretty much all sports are synonymous with hip hop, and uh, you're no stranger to hip hop. Cause you've also you had like a little skirmish with Lil Wayne, kind of like, yeah. What, 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 how was that weird? Like, so it wasn't about meant that, to be weird. mean, right? right? And so, like, I go back with Wayne. Um, you know, back when we won in 2011, he partied with us, and then um, when I um, was in New Orleans for the All Star Game, party with him and Drake and Bird and the whole crew. That was insane. Um, and then. I actually did something with him on for Samsung and introduced him for this thing on NBC. And so we had a relationship. It wasn't like we, we didn't connect at all. And um, then we were playing Phoenix, I guess it was, and he was at the game. Yes, yes. And um, said something, I forget exactly what it was, and gave me a hard time about it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of Wayne's and, you know, and then when we beat him, I had to pull out some of his verses, you know. Right, Twitter front, wars. Yeah, <laughs> front row is a shit show. And- <laughs> oh, that's hard. That was hard. We were impressed. We were- <laughs> so what you don't know, like people were like, oh no, he had someone find that out, right? And um, like there's videos online of me and um, Damon John just rapping to the that song um, at Shark Tank. Oh, man. oh, right. I mean, I've got it on my playlist. That's one of my go-to workout songs, there right? So I, I, you know, so that that was legit, and and so, but then BZ connected us, and 
what it ended up being, it wasn't so much pissed at me. It was just because I put a picture up and tweeted it and it showed his son. And the, his son's mom didn't like the idea that he was in public, right? And being shown out there like that, which I understood, right? right? There's been times like if I'm out with my kids and someone's putting a picture I don't want it to be. So got on the phone with him and we were cool after that. But because I, I respected that. It was just like, it wasn't, you know, me and it, it was, okay, you put my kid out there and that's just not the right thing to do. So I understood that. No hard for, no hard for this little win. Um, so you mentioned, of course, the 2011 championship, and we got to get it here on the couch because uh, we want to know your status. You know, from buying the team uh, from the 99 to 2000 season and being able to have the decision with LeBron go to Miami, just how sweet again was it for you to get that win with Dirk, with uh, with uh, Ken, after everybody? Yeah, right? yeah, after getting cheated yeah, no at the last year, right? Yeah, after right. Dwayne Wade did what he after it wasn't Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, it was Bennett Salvador. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Let's be specific. Sure. How was that from an owner's standpoint? Sweet. Yeah. It, it, not, you know, that was amazing. You know, because like what people don't realize, you know, watching the game, most people just watching the game, right? Right, right. Me, it's just all stress. Like if you're playing, then you're playing. You're in the middle. You're, you know, you're in, in the moment. Um, but if be there, it was just like, particularly after what happened in 2006, I was like, oh, come on, this has got to happen. This has got to happen, right? And we kept on, you know, we go down and then we make this comeback winning game, right? Then we lose. Now it's, you know, 3-2 and we have a chance to close out in Miami. And we get up and I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And then we get to the end where we're up like 10 points with 30 seconds to go. And that's where I finally realize it. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, it's we coming. got this, right? Nah, for and real. it was the best stress release ever man and there's a picture of me just screaming with brennan haywood i mean that that was a moment for sure oh now mark i gotta ask you man as a dallas maverick fan why didn't you bring the team back man <laughs> because it was a lockout year so you know oh, okay so we went into we were an older team as it was right and after 2011 it wasn't like the season was normal season, right? There was a lockout. Right. And so, you know, and I literally, I thought the lockout was going to last all year. And then all of a sudden it was like December 1st or whatever, beginning of December, like, okay, we're going to start playing again December 25th. And I'm thinking, okay, we have an old team. These guys aren't in shape. They're not ready to go. And if you just slap it back together, you know, and then you're giving them three, four year deals and everybody in the team is going to be 40 years old. And so it was like, okay, it's a short season. So the pain of not bringing them back together wouldn't be as bad. And then, you know, we'd have cap room and hopefully we'd be able to put together a squad. But that was the part that didn't work out. There you go. Um, I want your thoughts as far as um, I was able to go to the Lakers Mavericks game where it was Kobe's last season uh-huh. and I believe Dirk's last season. And they were doing like their tour. Right. Um, I believe Kobe was injured for that game. Yeah. And could not play. And he was on, yeah, he was on the bench. He was Pat on the bench, Dirk, yeah. yeah. Pat Dirk on the ass. I want you to give, uh, you know, as far as, as of this moment, flowers for but not only Dirk Nowitzki, but also Kobe as far as what they mean to the game. And also what both of those guys mean to you on yeah, the basketball Co- Kobe would obviously be missed, man. Um, Kobe and I used to text. You know, there were a couple years there where, you know, he'd text me about business or something and then, we started texting about basketball and life, and it was it was cool. I mean, it wasn't like we were close, but just you know, do that that he might t- pop up and text me something, and I'll do the same. So you know, he, he's an icon. Both of them are icons, you know. And so it was a, a huge loss for all of us. You know, that's why I said you know 
we were going to retire um, his number even at the Mavs. Um, right. But yeah, and Dirk is still my guy. Yeah, you man, know, you know, got the got the street named after him. Yeah, uh, I mean, Dallas Dirk, loves him. Yeah, I mean, I love Dirk to death, man. He's he's a good friend. Were you sad to see him go? Were you sad to see Which Dirk? One? Dirk? Dirk? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, obviously, you know, but it was time. He knew it. His body, you know, Father Time's undefeated, and so yeah. when your body goes, your body goes. And how excited is it to get a uh, talent like Luca right. to come in and like really just kind of just immediately fill the void of? Superstar to superstar. How I would say it? immediately, but it was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They played like one year together, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's special, right? Because they're good friends too, and Dirk's a mentor to him, and um, they talk all the time. And, and you know, one of the things, when I first bought the Mavs, it was all new to me, right? So I was enjoying the moment, being a new owner, young, having fun. And I don't, I don't think I really took the time to appreciate just how special Dirk was on the court. Mm. And I'm not repeating that mistake with Luca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just watching him and just watching him play. And it's just, he just keeps on getting better and better and, you know, smarter on the court. Just, you know, he, the game's so easy to him. It's just insane. And, you know, you just look at him, you don't, you don't think it. And, you know, even if he was, if he was just playing pickup with him, right, you would just think, all right, Big, you know, bat, you know, does he play football? But boy, oh boy, that kid can play. I mean, and just shot making, timely. You know, he's improved his free throws, his shooting, everything about his game just keeps on getting better. It's crazy, and 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 that's on top of a guy who's already good. Yeah. you know, really good, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, what, right. What do you think the ceiling is uh, for Luke? It seems like he's on the trajectory to win a few championships. Man, let's hope so. You're about the God's ears, right? <laughs> we spoke other things. In, I mean, hey, speaking not, into reality. Speaking, man, of, hey, because yeah. I, I really thought we had it last year. I thought we had a shot, man. You know what? I thought we we were going to beat Golden State. I really did. Yeah. Um, but you know, you could just tell that championship pedigree. They had played together longer than we had played chip, you know, playoff basketball together, um, and it paid off. They knew how to execute, and you know. But we'll get better. You know, most of our squads still together, and so all that corporate knowledge, right? The more you play together in crunch situations, the better you get. There you go. Now I want your thoughts as far as on the business of basketball. We look at a situation like Kyrie Irving. Uh -huh. um, mind you, basketball is a business where there's owners, bosses, employees. Um, then you see a situation where, you know, what's going on with Kyrie. Um, for those who might not understand at home and think that, you know, things are supposed to go away. What is the business of basketball when it comes to ownership, bosses, employees, um, as far as it's the like, rules it's like and a, regulations? It's like and, any other business. You know, if somebody says something that's racist or anti some religion, you're going to have to address it. You know, because he, he's not that he's not the only person that works there. Right. You know, and, and you've all had to deal with it in your life. I'm Jewish. I've had to deal with anti-Semitism. People didn't know I'm Jewish and talking shit right when I'm in the room. And it's just oh, like, wow. yeah, you know, getting into fights when I was a kid, all that stuff. And, you know, it, it's not acceptable. But at the same time, like I had this conversation with somebody. If there was just some dude on the street corner saying what Kyrie said or Kanye said, you just assume they're crazy and keep on walking. Right. Right. But when they're a celebrity, you can't do that because, yeah, you have a platform. And so people pay attention. You know, I can't speak to Kanye. I don't I don't think Kyrie is is got a bad heart. Right. But I think he's definitely not educated about the impact it has. And, you know, and that's just part of the process. I, You know, 
I don't think he's one of those guys that would be in Charlottesville marching, you know, chanting Jews will not replace us. I don't think that's him. Um, but I think, you know, he's got a lot to learn. You know, I, you know, as a white guy, I've said things that I probably shouldn't have said and I learned, right? People correct me, you know, and that's part of learning different cultures and learning to deal with different people. And, you know, we, we all make mistakes and we all learn from it. And I hope Kyrie does the same thing. No, definitely. Understandable. Um, and now you mentioned also Kanye West. Yeah. And I'm just curious. Um, he was, of course, evaluated at $6 billion. Uh, and within a day, uh, after everybody pulled their uh, their uh, sponsorships and uh, his branding, it, it equally said $400 million how he's evaluated at. Is that even possible? Yeah, of course, because you said the numbers. It's like Donald Trump numbers. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. You just gonna start throwing about. You can make it whatever you want, yeah, right? Right, right. Yeah. So unless it's cash in the bank or real value, who knows? I don't know what Kanye's worth. I have no right. idea. Yeah, I, I don't care either. But Kanye should know better. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, and I'll add to this, and it, it applies to Kanye and Kyrie. Both are have admitted that they have mental health issues. You know, and they need help. Both of them do, and you can't. I don't want to cancel people that are undereducated or not up to speed because of mental health issues. Right. But again, when you have a platform, it in both cases, there should have been people around him that around them that had some common sense. You know, you can't say that, take that down. You can't be hurtful like that. You know, it'd be, you know, if it was some white dude that was celebrity saying that same shit. Right. Even as an employee of his or somebody that works for him, like, hey, this actually affects me. Yeah. I mean, you have to listen to those voices. Look, I've had people I'm close to that are black saying, Mark, no, that's right at the line there. Right. You know, you I wasn't trying to be racist or anything. I just didn't understand culture or some aspect of it. Right. Right. And it was something that was new to me. And fortunately, somebody cared to say, no, let me educate you why this is bad. Right. We were talking about, you know, the differences between a 16 year old black kid and white kid gets pulled over by the cops. Yeah. Right. Wasn't something I ever had. You know, my dad ever had to explain to me. You know, and and it's something y'all had have to live with and live oh, with. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. In Dallas, is, yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. It was heavy. Right. It's like you drive to a, a spot that's lit and you do this. Whereas to me, it was always like, okay, you just no sir, yes sir, whatever. But that doesn't hold true all the time when you're not white. And so just things that I had to learn that people showed me that no one is shown to Kanye West about being Jewish and what anti-Semitism is, or Kyrie and what anti-Semitism is, and. You know, it's just, it's unfortunate that people wouldn't speak truth to them to help them understand. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I'm glad you spoke on it uh, so eloquently. Um, I, I have to ask you, you mentioned mental health. Um, we actually posted a picture of uh, Delonte West on our website, uh, yeah. which went viral. TMZ called us saying, hey, is this really him? Things of that nature. I believe you, somebody on your team, got it to you. I just saw it online. Yeah, so that was a picture that we had oh, that's put on our platform. Uh, oh, really? I didn't realize it was you. Right, so we were, because we were actually, someone had said, we're going to bring him to us. Mind you, our goal was to do an interview with him and then also seek whatever help he may need. That was the goal. Right. But um, it didn't happen, and you immediately, you know, of course, you know, went out with there the powers of me, went out there and got him. Um, I'm just curious as far as your thoughts is, what you, what you attempted to do there, again, you know, out of the goodness of your heart and knowing a player that played for you, and also just 
what happens with it because mental health is real. Yeah. And I mean, you whether try Kyrie, to battle it. Yeah, whether it's Kyrie, Kanye, or um, or da- or Delonte, you know, you don't know until you know, though, right? So when I saw your picture of him up at the um, at the gas station, right at the Quick Mark or whatever it was, and that was just right around the corner for me, I went looking for him, wow. you know, and um, found him, put him in my car, got him a hotel room, you know, he got from him his mom's number, called his mom. And, you know, she came out um, and we let him sleep it off. I sat there outside the hotel room while, you know, he tried to just sleep off whatever he was on and got him, tried to get him a little cleaned up. It's connected to um, a facility that helps with um, drug rehab and mental illness issues, paid for him to go out there. You know, you don't know until you know, but it turns out Delonte didn't want to be helped. You know, Delonte's, you know, fighting that fight and it, it's not, he's, he's not winning, you know, and there's people who try to help them and people who enabled him and made it worse that were close to him. And um, I tried multiple times. Multiple, oh, wow. Mul- yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it was the third time that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I sent him Yeah, that was when I sent him. Yeah, that's when I yeah, sent him. Yeah, he was there, actually yeah. going to get possibly in the big three they were talking. Yep, talked about that too. And then. Went there for the initial trials and then no showed. Wow. Had him lined up, no showed. He just you know he's at that point where he wants to be Delante on the streets as opposed to Delante in real world, right? But you know mental health is is a real deal, right? It's no joke. And whether again Kyrie, Kyrie said he has mental health issues and needs to take medication. Kanye said the same thing. Delante said the same thing. And you know, it, it's just. Not everybody wants to be helped. And, and I mean, and you can't argue with them, right? I mean, talking to people like I help my share of people who are bipolar, et cetera. And they say that medication beats the fuck out of you. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and so, I, I mean, I can't argue with them, but I can only try. Now. It's one thing to, you know, see a person that needs help and use money. You, but you put yourself in like you go and you're physically there to try to assist in that situation. What makes you want to do that? Like, what makes you want to be like so hands-on like that? Yeah, don't, don't build it up like that, right? It wasn't like I was like giving up six weeks to, you know, sit <laughs> no. there with them, right? It was, it was a couple hours, you right. know? But no, uh, but, but from a standpoint, like even that is too much time. Like, is it, yeah, is it for you? What's that? Is it, was it too much time? Would, did you go out of your way as far as saying I had things to do when you canceled meetings? No, or? no, okay. no, no. It was just like, okay, you know, let's just, I was at home. It was during the pandemic, right? right. It wasn't like I was going anywhere. Um, but it, it, sometimes it doesn't take a lot. Sometimes it's just a check, Amen. you know, and, and um, I can do that. And so, yeah, there's no, I'm not this big martyr or anything else, but, you know, sometimes, it's, you know, you can try. So I want to talk Shark Tank now real quick. Uh, the business mindset, you know, we have, you know, since the pandemic, even uh, we see a lot of even more black entrepreneurs coming out of even the pandemic, figuring out I'm at home. Let me figure out a business to do at yep. home. Let me start an LLC and get get to it. Um, I just want your take on this before we even start talking about business in general. It was uh, I believe it was on Everyday Struggle where someone asked Soldier Boy, um, uh, it was in the desk who said, do you feel like you have too many businesses? 
Is that is there a such thing as too many oh, businesses? Oh, yes, there are. Yeah. Okay, all right. Thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. From Mark Cuban, thank you for answering that. Yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because you can, you can drown in opportunity. One of the big mistakes, like for me, too many businesses, I have people to help me. There, yeah. So it's not a big an issue for me. But like when I was just getting started, it's really easy to think, well, I had this one idea and I got it started and it's going okay. But I have this other idea that I think could be bigger. And when you do that, you drown in opportunity so that, you know, all of a sudden now you're, you're split your time and your mindset and your, your abilities between two businesses or three businesses Very or true. too many products. And like on a Shark Tank companies, I'm always telling them just focus, focus, because you got to win one battle, right? right? You can't, you can't be playing three different guys at chess, right? And think you're just automatically going to win in the business world because there's always competition trying to kick your ass. And so staying focused is going to make you far more profitable. Exactly. I remember there was one guy, I forget his name, that you said you uh, went in on business with him. And next thing you know, he was taking trips. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Charles. Charles, yeah, Charles. Yeah. Charles was not in charge, obviously. I mean, not in charge of <laughs> shit except the social life. How does that feel when you say I'm invested and then, wow, so I'm just taking care of your lifestyle? It's, get I'm to a, work. He's lucky I'm a peaceful man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, you, you've said other, on other platforms that you've, there's businesses that you were neglected to get into that have been successful. I think you mentioned Uber. As yeah. being one of the biggest ones, yeah. Um, what would you say is probably the second biggest one outside of Uber that you had a chance to attack? Um, I mean, Spikeball was one. Okay. Um, what was another one? Um, Coinbase was another one. Top Golf, that was the other one. Are you serious? Yeah, I could have done Top Golf, but I hate golf. Oh I yeah, mean, you gotta like it. You gotta like it to golf. love it. So like, <laughs> and they crushed it, right? I'm still doing okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. So when you see businesses flourish that you had the chance, to, your chance to put your hands on, does it make you feel away? Because I know, you know, you're not gonna hit every shot, but I'm a shooter. I keep on shooting. Now, what was a business that you knew was trash, and then it just really, it just turned out to be trash, and you was like, I knew that was gonna be trash. <laughs> I'm not gonna throw people under the bus like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's plenty of them out there. There was a Kevin Hart episode where. Um, you know, uh, we're big, you know, we're, we're into anime and stuff. And there's a company called Black Sands. Yeah. That even yeah. I knew of in anime conventions before they came to Shark Tank. Yep. I'm like, oh, shit, they're on Shark Tank with Kevin Hart and Mark Cuban. And you guys actually we invested. We together, yeah. What is there, is anything come of that? As yeah, of they're yet? killing it. They're oh, killing yeah. it, yeah. That's what I love to hear. Love yeah, to hear. I mean, you know, um, one, it was just a chance to work with Kevin, which is awesome. In there you itself, go. Right. And two, they're out there in the community bringing different images of people of color and with anime, with co comic books and, you know, different types of media. I mean, they're smart guys. I mean, yes. yeah, they're really smart. Yeah, they, were already, they were already up there. Um, and on the business level, I'm just curious. Uh, of course, the pandemic closed a lot of businesses. Um, Walmart, uh, they're closed now. They're not open 24 hours no more. Do you feel like they're losing money? based on not being open 24 hours. They're not that dumb, right? I mean, if, if they're closed those extra hours, it's because they were not making money. Right, if, this was know, giving it the reason to stay Yeah, Yeah, because otherwise they would still be open. Yeah. Exactly, I'm like, hey, we're back open now, we're back open. What do you think about all these businesses going to like self-checkout, self-serve, like- It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's super it, weird. It's weird, but it's smart, right? You always gotta put yourself in the shoes of, you know, kids, right, because I've got 13 year old sons, 16, 19 year old daughters. And like, they're like, it's just scanning dad. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> now we think, 
we look at it and think someone's going to be stealing that shit, right? And that's how I look at it. Like, this is free. Everything is free. But then they know camera, 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 mm-hmm. right? And if you just, and that's why they have that person standing right, right there. You know, it's like at Best Buy when they're looking for your receipt when you're walking out, right? Right. And they're checking my receipt. I'm like, come on, man. And, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, right? But, yeah, so it's it's going to save money. Hopefully, you know, save some costs for us too. But yeah, that's just you know, ten years from now, it'll be something different. Where you know, it'll just ask you. No, twenty years will be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking about, and then it'll just show up. Um, so yeah, I don't. It, it's weird Prime when you first now. see it. Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I'm not gonna lie. Like you want me to do what? <laughs> right, and then you just start scanning it, in and it's like whatever. Yeah, I'm just, TV gone. <laughs> I'm curious, and this is even something that we battle with. Uh, when you start a business, at what point do you use your own money based on your own sales or own uh, content? And at what point do you get a loan? I think you don't get a loan. Okay. You don't get a loan. I mean, that's that's a recipe for disaster when you're first starting. You always, um, you always want to do it with your own swag equity if you can. Like the best businesses, like, and this is the way I got started, right? Um, I didn't raise any money, didn't, you know, I got fired, I was sleeping on the floor, and I went to, I was doing software, and I went to this company, Architectural Lighting, here in Dallas, and I was like, I got nothing, right? Um, but I know this, I, somebody told me this is the software you, you need, right? If you put up the 500 bucks, which allowed me to buy it for 250, and I'll make 250, I'll make it work. And if I don't, I'll watch, you know, watch your kids, wash your floor, wash your car, wash your dog, I don't care, right? Sweep the floor, I'll make it up to you, but, um, by working with that first customer as revenue, that helped me get started. And it took me a while. I mean, it was another nine months before I moved out of the shithole I was in. Um, but, you know, starting that way, finding something that you can make, finding something you can sell on your own. You know, you can be a videographer. You can be an audio guy, right, where you just train yourself and use your skill and you prove it. And then people keep on giving you referrals and you get more and more business, Right. That's the way all businesses work. Now, think if you go out and think you're going to get a loan, first of all, the bank's going to say, what? You know, first, yeah, first of all. And even if you had like a house to borrow against, whatever, when you're doing it on your own and business isn't going that great, okay, you can get another job, right? You can, you know, do like I did, go to Tom Thumb at midnight when they marked down all the chicken prices. No lie, that's what I we my friend and I would go and at midnight they take these chicken packs and mark them down to a buck twenty nine and we'd buy a couple of them, stick them in the fridge, and you know it was just yeah just smart shopping right just to get it done, you know you can do those things but when you owe money to the bank or you owe money to somebody and they want that payment every month, everything changes, your stress levels go like this, you know, always always always, you, you got to do it so where you can control your own destiny. It's just people just get so caught up, you know, it's kind of just like the attitude people have, like, if I can raise money, I'll make this work. It's probably the wrong business, right? Unless you've done it and you've got, you, you've got it all figured out, which is rare, you know, when you, when you raising capital is not a, an accomplishment, it's an obligation, right? The person you took money from, you, you know, you, we've all been there, right, where you've, like, looked to get money from somebody or did raise money from somebody, and the minute they say yes, you're like, ah! And then the minute you get the check, you're like, okay. And then the first time you have to have, you talk to them, they're like, how we doing? 
we don't want to talk. <laughs> <We're not> talking. <laughs> Give me a month. <laughs> Call me back in three months. That pressure is through the roof. Business is the ultimate sport, right? And the pressure is always on. So what are your thoughts on GoFundMe's and Kickstarters? Okay, so <laughs> I see where that's about to go. <laughs> GoFundMe is a different deal, right? Like yeah. if you're hurting and you need, you know, you're sick or whatever, and that's the only way you're going to pay your medical bills. Okay, do it. Kickstarter, if you've got, you got to have a product to sell on Kickstarter, right? Um, the the equity crowdfunding stuff where you just like make a promise. Yeah, that's tough, you know. And even on Kickstarter, if you make a promise to sell a product, there's a lot of people that don't deliver. And to me, my heart couldn't deal with that, right? I mean, I would I would implode like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I promised you this widget and I couldn't make and deliver the widget. I, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's a rat race. Like they got to hurry up and get some money, hurry up and get the money, hurry up and get the money. Like what age, what is the responsibility age to say that, okay, you, if you would start amassing wealth and you can really start to live. I don't know. What, what age were you comfortable? What, just, what age was your life? It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. 42. Oh, 42, man. yeah. Um, I, I'd made some money before then, don't get me wrong, right. but I wasn't comfortable. Right. Right, because um, I was always afraid that yeah, it was going to be gone. I was going to do something stupid. Right. Um, but yeah, once I got that B next to my name, name yeah. I was I was good. Um, but before then, I mean, I was I was doing all right. I mean, I literally I was worth a lot of money, but it was like I, I was still grinding it because right. because I'm competitive. It wasn't even like I couldn't. I was good with living like a student. I, I had no problem. I was ready to live like a student for a long time. But it was more because I'm, I'm so competitive. That's why I still do investing, still start companies. Um, I just want to show people I can kick your ass. That's all. So, so I'm, this is more of a personal question because there's always a talk about the haves and the have-nots. And you know, you seem like a very simple man. Like, like when you see the person that has all all the designer or the the Rolexes and things of that nature. Is he like the clown in the room or the mascot or what? What is it? That? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of shit you can do with that money, right? You know, including investing. And some people are okay. I got this gold. I got this. You know, your jeweler ain't giving you a discount. They're telling you they're giving you a discount, yeah. right? But that that's better be your fun money, right? It, so, like, my big deal that I wanted was a plane because right. a plane bought me time. And I could just go anywhere, anytime, and I don't have to wait, you know, in line like we all have. Um, but after that, I mean, you, you know, it just is what well, it I is. I mean, shit, right? you got a plane, bro. I mean, I, <laughs> I got a plane. I don't know. So, what? Do, even your children, what do they value as far as do they have like? I want to flex, Dad. I mean, or mom. No, 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 no. Okay, they, they, keep they it know, simple. Yeah, they know I shit on that in a heartbeat. Right? <laughs> I'm so like, wait, hold I, on. I, my, like my dad used to tell me, my dad just did upholstery on cars. You got to rip in your seat, right? You fix that. Um, my dad, when you earn it, you can buy whatever you want, and that's exactly what I tell my kids. Oh, what, so the sons like that? I need, I need that Porsche. Yeah, prom night helicopter. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the polite way of saying it. Yeah. I, I have no problem saying fuck no to my kids, right? <laughs> They're old enough now. I'm good with that. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Our Odom came yeah. to the city and brought the Kardashian world with him. Yeah. How was that storm dealing with the limelight of TV 
and also trying to have a season success and win a championship? Obviously, it didn't work well. <laughs> I feel bad for Lamar, man. I mean, again, there's a guy that had it all and just had real challenges. I mean, just the shit he had to go through personally. Put aside the Kardashian shit. You know, he was in a car wreck that killed somebody. There's just so many challenges that he had that it was going to be tough. Um, and so I, I feel bad for Lamar. I, ho I hope he, you know, he's had a lot of struggles, and I hope he keeps on fighting to get through them. Definitely, definitely. Um, I want your thoughts on uh, what the NBA, uh, Draymond Green made a comment. I believe he was on uh, a podcast where he speaking with Lisa Leslie for the WNBA. And um, she was saying something to the effect that, you know, what could the NBA need? Like, hey, maybe the NBA players could donate some of their salaries to help us out, pay us more, you know? And he got offended by saying, we do so much as NBA players for the w WNBA that we are your biggest supporters. Um, I want your insight on that as far as how much do NBA players do to support the WNBA brand? I mean, as much as they can. A lot of them get into just love basketball, right? So you're going to go um, see dudes at games, um, talking about it on social media, you know, trying to, to support them. But everybody's different. Some guys are into it. Some guys are not, right? There's not like one, j just one thing. Should they lower the... Uh <laughs> the, uh, the hoop by let's say two feet to see no, a dunk. Those girls are good. I mean, those, just, those women are really, really. They kick. If they can do bar, a windmill dunk, they kick. It, you play one on one against anybody <laughs> in WNBA. You pick any person. I'll let you pick them randomly. They will crush you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want no smoke. I, I, no, man. I want no smoke. That good, man. It's. I mean, look. NBA and WNBA, the level, the quality of play has just gone up. Like when I first got into the league, there would be dudes that were like the enforcers. There would be dudes that are just big, right? But now everybody's skilled. Yeah, I like you, that. Yeah, like you've you got to be work. able to shoot. you got to be able to dribble. you got to be able to know the game. And, you know, both leagues. There's, you, you just can't sky, um, slide by on athleticism or size anymore. Do you have a personal relationship with Michael Jordan? Yeah, we're friends. Um, what was your opinion of him when you first met him? You know, there's always the stories. Um, first time I met him was in David Falk's office, I think it was. And he was getting ready to sign the papers for the Washington Wizards. Oh. And I was trying to, I just bought the team. I'm like, come on, work with me. Right, you know? right, right. I was trying to talk him out of you. No, Mark, I already made my decision. Chomp on the cigar, put it down, you know. <laughs> sign his deal. Is there anything you could have probably done to maybe sway him just a little? Like, nah. Yeah, nah, he was already, he, yeah, he was already committed. There you go. There you go. Now, Elon Musk buys Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, immediately, uh, and again, I don't know how true this is, but uh, 300 people fired. 300, 300 people? 3,000? 3,000 people fired, let go. Yeah. Uh, he's restructuring, uh, having a blue check to pay your way to kind of have the blue check. You know, I think it was $7 with the 20 to you know, own this badge. Um, are you a fan of that, shaking things up to that level? Look, he paid a whole lot of money to be to able do, to do whatever, do, he yeah. to do whatever he wants. You know, you don't want somebody coming in and tell you how to run your business. He gets, you get to figure it out, right? You get to make, you're entrepreneurs, you get to make the decisions that drive your business. And you're going to learn really, really fast what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. He's just, you know, his platform happens to be, his business happens to be the platform where people talk shit, you know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, his business, his choice. I don't care. I don't give a shit what he does. You know, we survived before Twitter. We'll survive after Twitter. Hopefully it works. Have you ever thought about getting into social media and owning something in that nature? Yeah, I looked at it, but yeah, it's, it's, 
you got to get lucky, you know, to, to beat out some of the incumbents. Now, just yesterday, uh, $2.4 billion won on one single ticket. Uh, oh, you get somebody won it? Somebody won it in California. Damn. One person, <laughs> one ticket. So from another billionaire, what should be the, what should they do for Mark Cuban? Not telling anybody. Okay, one, one first thing. How because to- let me just tell you, the first thing when, when I got paid, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, Sally, <laughs> Susie, say, hi. <laughs> I'm your cousin. Yeah, I'm your- for real, for <laughs> real, right? I got, you know, I got a letter from some dude that I did a little bit of business was with, and he was like, dude, I need $275,000. Oh, wow. uh, here's my here's my wiring instructions. Oh, wow. straight to it. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's first thing I'll tell you: um, people will ask you for money, but if they're really your friend, you already know if they're in trouble, mm-hmm. and you already know who you're supposed to help, and so you just automatically say no to somebody else because if you've got a family member or somebody that that's hurting, if they're close to you, you know. You know, if it's Uncle Fred or Uncle, you know, Aunt Susie, and they're coming out, you know, I'm your father's first cousin, second <laughs> wife that I met on a blind date. No, right? right? I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, no. The second thing is, if you were happy when you were poor, you're gonna be really happy rich. If you're one of those people that was just stressed and never happy, money ain't gonna change that at all. I see. Yeah, because I know a lot, a lot, a lot of rich people that are still stressed. And it's not because they don't have enough money. It's because that's who they are. You know, we are, some people are just stressed all the time. So the old adage, uh, money can buy you happiness, is that from your no, If you're intro- already happy, if you're already like good, right? Like I was a happy guy, I thought, when I was broke sleeping on the floor. So when I got paid, I got really happy really fast, right? <laughs> so, it, but it, like other people like when when i sold um broadcast.com like out of 330 employees 300 became millionaires oh wow and, yeah and the 30 started too late to earn all their options right Jeez. um and so there were a lot of people that were happy and there were a lot of people that you weren't going to make them happy no matter how much money they had so just for advice uh what should she purchase right now he? if there's like the one thing that they want okay go get it. right but now with interest rates up, go put it in just like a treasury or um, a tax-free municipal and just let it sit there and don't touch it. Don't just spend that, spend that interest money because if you got $2 billion and you're making 40%, that's $80 million a year, or 4%, you're making $80 million a year, you good. Okay, so lump sum versus, I mean, no, the, they give the residual versus lump sum. Take the uh, weekly. When is that month. much money? It doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask. When does money start becoming like factitious? Like, like it doesn't. Never. I don't feel it. Oh, <laughs> never. <laughs> never. But I mean, obviously, there's things I don't have to stress about. Right. Right. I mean, my first car in Dallas. Right. Um, I drove down from Indiana. It had a hole in the floorboard. Didn't last very long. So all of a sudden, I don't have a car. And um, I'm driving with, and I couldn't get financing because I had no credit. I mean, to cut up the cars the whole nine yards. And <laughs> the way I got my first, my, actually my first new, wasn't new, but the first car I got in Dallas, um, I'm driving with my buddies and there's a car on the side of the road. And I knew the whole drill from having bill collectors call me and this and that all the time, right? Back before, um, caller, right at the beginning of caller ID, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that phone rings and, I know I'm in trouble. And so there was a car on the side of the road. Um, and I'm like, 
stop. I told my buddies, just stop. I said, somebody abandoned that car. I know it. I know it, right? Because it was nice, but it was like an old Trans Am. And um, I'm like, stop. And doors open, right? And on, on the, the chair, uh, um, there's an envelope, and it's a little bit thick. And I'm like, I know exactly what that is. That's the papers for the car, right? And so I open it up. Damn if it's not the papers for their car. So we get back. This is pre-cell phones. And so get back home, and I call the bank. And I'm like, this is the car, and I know you guys are looking for it because I saw it on the side of the road, and I'm here to report it to you. It's still right there on the side of the road. But let me make you a deal. If you let me pick up the car payments and take over this loan, I'll make sure you get paid because I got a job and this and that. And they did. Oh, wow. And that's how I got my car. And then I got off of that one and moved up. Yeah. Before we get out of here, what is your favorite thing in Dallas to do? Like that nobody would think Mark Cuban does this in Dallas. I mean, just go outside and get shots up with my kids is probably or just by myself. Right. That's my my relaxation, because I don't doesn't matter who you are. Right. Ball comes off your hand wrong. You're like, shit. Right. Ball goes through the rim and you just hear that switch that no matter who you are that's the best feeling in the world right then you start extending your range and you get out there and you pop a few in the row and you're thinking i can shoot right i got this and then that probably playing pickup at lifetime on mockingbird so so who have you played basketball against that you was like that you thought you was gonna on your team or maybe just anybody and you was like yeah i'm gonna show you something well when i first bought the team right yeah. i was a lot younger right so i, I would not all, a couple times, I remember we were in um, land. What's that? You got crossed over by Jason Kidd or? No. <laughs> Steve Nash, you went to like Jet Terry. Right? No, okay. Oh, so, oh, I almost forgot the story. Okay, so this is great. So I just bought the team and just finished my first year. And we were bringing guys in to work out. And you bring in guys from different schools or whatever. And um, two guys, Eddie Nahara was there. And there were supposed to be three other guys, but only one other guy showed up. The other two canceled, right? So we were trying to work them out with the coaches watching. And they're like, we need two guys to play against them. So this guy named Amadou Fall, who was now running NBA basketball in Africa, and me got, you know, put on our, our, our gear and just started playing two on two with these guys. And I'm like, okay, go on Eddie Nahara, who's just coming out of Oklahoma. He wasn't Eddie Nahara then, right? right? And I'm like, I'm on the corner three, like, okay, I'm going to bust you on this one. Boom. Blocks that shit. <laughs> right? I tried to go around him. Bam! I'm like, okay, I'm not as good as I thought I was. But. <laughs> That's crazy. But just just to be at a workout, I mean, obviously they knew it was a joke, right? Because they knew I was the owner, but still. Yeah, still, still. God, I block. I would love, I, that's that's a flex I would take for the rest of my life. Yeah, I blocked the shit out of Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I want you to self promote. Um, you, uh, I think uh, Jeff, I, you bought his book a while back. Yeah. Um, you're you've been an author to a couple, a few books. Just or, one, just, just one. one. We have that book. Oh yeah. Um, so. I, I was expecting to see maybe Mark Cuban go into the author world, but you have a new, you have another business that you're launching, I believe, in Dallas, which is in the what is it the um, CBD. the CBD world or is it no in, no oh okay. yeah, yeah no, no. no. Yeah, prescription oh, no, no. No. oh yeah, yeah, yeah 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 please explain yeah, no, yeah. yeah so it's called cosplusdrugs.com Co okay there we yeah, go there we there go. go and so what we're trying to do is like the price of medications is insane oh, right yeah, yeah. right and so we I started a company with a doctor. And we're like, look, you never know what your drugs are going to cost, your medication are going to cost. And so 
we set up the site costplusdrugs.com where you go in there, you put in the name of the medication that you take, and then it'll come up and show you our cost. We mark that up 15%, $3 for a pharmacy dispense fee and $5 for shipping. And by doing it that way, we cut the cost of medications by like 95%. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, so, so a question like, like for instance, like, my medication, like the uh, high blood pressure diabetes uh-huh. medication, would be like a thousand dollars. But then when you put the insurance on it, it'd be like maybe like twenty five. Right. So do you take all insurances? Or no, is but it- our co- but you're paying your twenty five dollar copay, right? Right. And so we've got like a we've only got a few brand name drugs, but like whatever your medication is, you go to costplusdrugs.com, and gotcha. there's probably you know a ninety nine percent chance that what we charge you is less than your copay. Sweet. Oh, and is, is this something that you can tap into now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I need so to look into it. You just go to costplusdrugs.com, okay. put in the name of your drug, boom. This, this interview is sponsored by... <laughs> <laughs> costplusdrugs.com. <laughs> costplusdrugs.com. Here you go. <laughs> hey, Mark, we just want to thank you so much for coming and sitting hey. down with us, man. This has been excellent. You are literally Dallas history. Uh, oh, you're saying I'm fucking old? Yeah. No, 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 prehistoric, actually. <laughs> just, just, just because you're a billionaire, don't mean you, you, you still age. You still age. <laughs> you don't look a day over a billion. <laughs> nah, but we thank you for so much for coming to talk to us, brother. Hey, and this is the best part. You said I put the ill in billion? Yeah, you put it right, right. Now, I'm curious, does Mark Cuban have any shout outs? Oh yeah. yeah! Shout out to my Dallas Mavericks. Shout out to my three kids. Right. Shout out to my boys out there. Thank you. Hey, hey, man. hey this is the best part, Mark Cuban. You are, you are a real life, life street star. <laughs>